This episode is supported by the 100% online master's program in health and physical education at George Mason University. The program has a summer start and you can finish in two years while still teaching full time. If you're looking to take your teaching to the next level, George Mason is here for you. Uh, Discounts are available for Virginia educators and out-of-state tuition is subsidized. Uh, Go to thehpewebsite.com and click study with us for more information. Hey, Risto here with George Mason University. Uh, Today's podcast is all about the Finnish physical education curriculum and Finnish education system in general. Um, And I'm not going to say that I am the expert on this subject, um, but I wanted to share this a little bit because I know uh, a lot of people that listen to the podcast uh, tend to listen most to the ones that talk about curriculum. Um, I was fortunate enough to go back uh, in November 2019 and visit the University of Uvascula um, and uh, be there as an academic. Not uh, My parents live there. Uh, a lot of my family members are still there. So I go back every summer. But um, I actually went as an academic, which was one of my academic goals um, after I got my doctorate to visit and go in and see Finnish schools. Um, I, I lived there all the way through primary school and then uh, once I did my secondary school and university studies in the U.S. So to me, it was um, something that I've read about, but not really experienced at the secondary level, not experienced the PEAT program. So I wanted to go in and learn. So this podcast is um, highlights of that program, uh, highlights of the Finnish education system and the curriculum as it relates to physical education um, So the number one goal of um, education in Finland is to basically provide all citizens with equal opportunities. Um, Basic education is free of charge. Um, You know, wherever you go in Finland, you have the same qualified teachers, you have the same quality of schools, um, and equality is a really, really big thing. Um, Providing equal opportunity um, in accordance with their abilities and special needs. Um, There are no and this is controversial and depending on who you ask, but there are no gifted and talented schools. Um, you know, you have school for everybody and everything should be the level playing field. Um, they do have a national core curriculum um, and national regulations, but um, you know, the teacher has a huge, uh, huge say in what they teach and how they teach it. Right. There's very few, especially in physical education, I think swimming is one of the only mandatory things that you have to teach. Um, and I think it's smart in a country that's uh, mostly surrounded by water and has a ton of lakes and rivers and things like that to uh, have that even as a public health piece. Um, the National Core Curriculum uh, was out in 2014. Um, one of the biggest pushes there was that every uh, student is unique and has the right to a high quality education. So um, they value student voice. Uh, they're encouraged um, to talk. And, you know, I know some of the teacher education videos that I've seen, they talk about how teachers should be listening more and letting students talk more. Um, you know, the country looks at learning as a well-being matter, right? Uh, They try to push uh, the joy of learning. Um, They push information technology and communication technologies. Uh, But 
you know, the teacher autonomy is huge. And one of the reasons teacher autonomy can be huge in a country like Finland is because every teacher has gotten through uh, and gotten a master's degree. So they're highly qualified. It's a highly sought after job. Um, you know, they, uh, they have the curriculum that they have, they're able to develop and they uh, set the goals for learning. And so the teachers are really trusted to make the decision on the learning environment, what the teaching methods are and what the content of the lessons uh, specifically are. So again, some of the specific things about the Finnish education system. So teachers are highly trained. Um, the annual instruction time actually is fairly low uh, compared to a lot of different countries. Um, it's non-selective. There's not specific groups that, you know, you're not taking applications like going into New York schools, trying to get into that specific group. Um, and basic education starts at the age of seven. Uh, there's some club care and things like that uh, before that. But all of this is, um, you know, funded by public, right? So there's local decisions, it's decentralized, there's a lot of trust in the Finnish education system. Um, it is free to all, um, all students and education is a priority in the, in the country. And one of the uh, basics of the education system is on student welfare. Um, so they have healthy school meals. If you look at the history of school meals, Finland was one of the first to um, go out and have these healthy, full meals. And they consist of typical, these, these Finnish foods of, you know, you have a warm main course, vegetables, you have some sort of grains or bread, you have uh, water and drink. Um, and there's, you know, they have kitchens in, in the schools that actually make real food, uh, which in my, in my memories as a kid was, uh, was really um, just very normal. And then I emigrated to the U.S. in middle school, and um, the food definitely was very different. So in, in this curriculum model, or not curriculum model, but the national curriculum, um, they, they value uh, knowledge, skills, values, attitudes, and will. And if you look at, there's some images online uh, that we'll link to, but if you look at it, the center of this circle is the development as a human being and as a citizen. And that's the core of education. And then on the outskirts, you have things like thinking and learning to learn, right? So you're learning to learn, not just learning. Right, um, cultural competence, uh, interaction and expression, uh, participation and influence. So building a sustainable future, um, competence for the world of work and entrepreneurship, and then the information and communication technology competence, and having this idea of multi literacy, um, and then you know taking care of yourself and others and managing daily activities and safety. Um, so those are the those are the main competencies. Um, when you're bringing this all together, there are four different blocks. So if you look at the learner's active role, so the learner or the student, you know they're setting their targets of of attainment. They are reflecting and analyzing, and they are learning to problem solve. Right? You're looking at interaction, so interaction with others and in different environments, which is the second block, and 
uh, understanding the consequences of, uh, of that interaction. Third block is self-conception and confidence. Um, so you're looking to uh, set your, you're looking to help set your own targets. You're getting feedback. And then the last part, which I think is really important and I, and I think is underplayed a lot, is that concept of learning to learn. So the student themselves recognizes their own way of learning and they apply this way of learning to further develop their competence and their learning in schools, which I, again, is really cool. Um, if you look at the Finnish education system and you compare it to a bunch of different education systems in, uh, in the world, some of the things that stand out are that the instruction time is relatively low compared to a lot of different countries. Um, there are differences between schools, but they're very, very small in comparison versus if you look at even the U.S. of a super high-performing school and a really low-performing school, there's a huge gap. All right. Um, one interesting fact is that girls outperform boys, and we've seen this lately, um, and it's actually been a, a much bigger issue in the last few, uh, few years, is that boys are being dis uh, almost like they're disassociated with school and girls are performing really, really well. So they actually have some of the um, some of these issues of bringing back student uh, boys to be more engaged in the school. Uh, the costs are very moderate. Um, the socioeconomic effect is very moderate. Um, and also teachers feel highly valued in this system. Um, and again, um, a lot of that is they get paid well. They, it is a highly sought after job. So um, they feel very highly valued also because they have a lot of autonomy. Um, when you look at when you look at it in general, so age zero to six, you have your early childhood education and care. So uh, there are a lot of government subsidies for this. So you can go into um, uh, you know youth groups or um, you know if you look at the average cost that a, a Finnish citizen is paying for childcare, it's like you know three hundred dollars about a month. Um, that they're that they're paying, which is much more than you're paying in the in the U.S. for sure. Um, and then age six is your kind of pre-primary education, and then ages seven to fifteen is your basic education. That's your core, like you're going to school. You're a school student, um, and you notice that it drops. It stops at fifteen. So your basic education in Finland is over at fifteen if you want it to be. I would say a very, very, very small amount of students actually drop out of the school system. But then at, uh, in that 10th grade split, typically uh, at age 15, you have a choice uh, if you're going to go through a vocational route of upper secondary education, so more craft skills, or if you want to go through upper secondary education, which is going the academic route. If you stay on the academic route, you are uh, set to then apply to an academic university, or you can switch over to the other side and go through a University of Applied Science. If you start after your, when you're 15, you make a choice to go to vocational, you can actually then jump over to the academic route. Uh, there are tests to get into the academic route in general uh, secondary education, but you can also take this 10th grade year, which is another year to get your grades up and learn more to be 
competitive in those uh, in those positions. But there's no dead ends, which is the best thing about this uh, program. So you can go in through an academic route and then do the university at an academic route, get a bachelor's degree, and then decide that you want to get a master's degree in a more vocational or applied setting. Or you can do the vocational setting and then go into your university, bachelor's, master's, all the way through to uh, your PhD. So again, all schooling is free in Finland, so as long as you keep um, your grades up and you're doing a good job, uh, they will uh, pay for that. I mean, you do have some costs of like books and things like that, um, but the government also gives you uh, money to live and money to pay for groceries and um, and housing while you're in school. So. If we look at higher education, and I'm going to be very specific to physical education, so if you want to go into a PEAT program in Finland, um, most all of the students will go into the University of U of Eskola. There's another university, and I apologize, I, I forgot the name of the university on um, the western coast of Finland that has uh, Swedish education, so language and um, education in Swedish. Um, and, but most of the teacher candidates are going through the University of Uveskula. There are other ways if you're a generalist teacher, so you're lo looking to get into primary school education, you can then add a supplemental degree. So let's say you go to the University of Helsinki and you become a generalist teacher, you might be able to find a, another university that provides an extra added on a supplemental education in, in physical education. Um, but you know these these programs are really 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 selective um, if you look at class teachers 12% uh, of applicants are accepted um, and when you look at so for instance in the University of Uvascula you had over almost 1200 applications that then narrowed down to 57 positions that are open so we have 1,200 applications and 57 students are chosen to go study for their five-year degree. Um, in health science and health education, public health, physiotherapy, you have 430 applications for 28 positions. So again, a lot, a lot of uh, rigor in trying to get in. Um, and that's one of the reasons when you're taking the cream of the crop, um, it is actually really, really helpful. So um, the PE curriculum, when we look at it at the you know, elementary, middle school level, uh, they focus on reinforcing the student's intrinsic motivation. And they actually relate to the theory of self-determination by Desi and Ryan. Um, and then what you'll see from there, um, you know, if you look at that, that theory, you'll see the experienced self-efficacy, experienced autonomy, and social cohesion are uh, really big parts of of that theory, and they really play out in in uh, Finnish physical education. So, if you look at from the book, um, you know, physical education has two main goals in Finland, which are to guide the students in adopting a physically active lifestyle and to educate them through physical activities. And when you look at this, they break these down in, for instance, grades one and two are focused on exercise, exercising by playing games. 
Um, and then when we move to grades three to six, which is now upper elementary, the goal is exercising together and improving skills by practice. And then when we move even further on to grades seven and nine, and remember eight, uh, grade nine, that mandatory basic education is over in Finland. So grades seven to nine are about exercising together while reinforcing self-image and participation and applying skills. Right? And a lot of the curriculum is broken down into these two separate parts. Right? So you have working in PE lessons, and then you have the other half working on motor skills and PE knowledge. Right? So let's work on the one side, working in PE lessons. So these are um, you know, practicing while giving one's effort, safe and appropriate action in physical education lessons, uh, working together with everyone and, and taking others into account fair play and taking responsibility, uh, responsibility for his or her actions and skills and working independently. Um, now those are, these are what they're assessed on. So 50% on working in PE lessons, which I just talked about, and the other uh, assessment piece is learning motor skills and PE knowledge. So those would be perceptual motor skills, fundamental movement skills, uh, knowledge of how to develop and maintain physical fitness, and then swimming and water rescue skills. So you're, you're assessed 50-50, but there is another component, which is fitness, but they do not assess on fitness, which is, um, again, I think a really strong part in, uh, in what physical education is in, in Finland. So if you look at content, there was a research study um, uh, about common sports at grades seven to nine. So this is the, uh, going into the secondary school uh, by Paolo Mackey and Heikinaro Johansson in uh, 2011. And 73% of programs had this uh, Finnish floorball. Um, Finnish baseball was done in 69% of classes, followed by basketball, soccer, ice skating, uh, track and field, volleyball, um, orienteering at 49%, hockey at 40%, swimming, um, uh, exercise or fitness training, and then um, walking or jogging and just overall gymnastics uh, at the very bottom of 24%. So you can kind of see that those are the topics that most uh, 7th and ninth grade groups are doing. Um, and so that kind of breaks down a lot of the basics of the Finnish physical, physical education curriculum. Um, the next part that I'll briefly cover is what teacher education looks like. So it's a five-year program. Your first uh, three years, so you're in a bachelor's in physical education. Uh, and then your last two years, your year four and five, you're in a master's degree. And I got to uh, go in and observe uh, some of the students that are going out and they're um, taking full classes out in elementary schools, uh, doing a lot of placement. There's a lot of observation hours. Uh, but in years one to three, they're learning the content. So they're learning about sport and physical activity. They're doing their methods courses. Uh, they're doing a lot of teaching practice um, at the specific school. Um, then there's basic studies in education, and they're doing practice again. Uh, and they work on research methodology, um, and they all of them do a bachelor's thesis. 
And then you could do a minor, which would be maybe in health education or adapted physical education. Um, now they're still going to school. They're not licensed to teach. Then they move right into the year four and five, which is the master's in physical education. So now you're moving into advanced studies in sport and physical education, pedagogy and methods. Um, then you're moving from there to subject-specific studies and education, including practice. And then you're going, so going in and actually student teaching again. Um, and then you're uh, finishing off with a master's thesis for, for all of them. Um, so a five-year program um, with a lot of, um, you know, and, and I think the biggest difference is in the U.S., you go to a four-year program, but two years are spent in basic education, right? So your general education studies, then two years you're spending, um, you know, part of that year in exercise physiology and anatomy biology. And then when you get down to really breaking it down in the U.S., you have maybe a, a secondary methods, a primary methods, adapted if your university is covering health education, uh, like we are at George Mason, then maybe a health education methods course. But then, you know, you're going into activity classes and things like that. So I think those are the things, and I, and I know Peter Hasey talked about this in the ARA webinar a little while back, um, that, you know, the undergraduate education in different countries compared to the U.S. is, is better. You have more time in the content area specifically versus what you would have in the U.S. system. So hopefully that's a good overview. Again, there's a lot of material online. There's a lot of material in English online as well if you want to learn a little bit more. But I just wanted to kind of give you a taste of this. I'm happy to discuss this online. Um, again, you can follow our podcast at the HPE podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can follow our website at www.thepewebsite.com. Um, you can follow me at Risto Martinen, and uh, that's all we have for you on this uh, curriculum breakdown.